This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, uh, and as ever, I am joined by the mellifluous Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, what a lovely adjective. Oh, mellifluous. Mm. I could have I could have used splenetic. Oh, no, that, that's slightly um, critical, isn't it? it? No, yes, I know, but that also I would have nicked it. My spleen, it. I'm a, I'm a I bit... Know, um, but I, I would have nicked it angry. from the CFC UK WhatsApp group where, where Tim Rolls has just written a message... You know, with splenetic in it. So there you oh, go. Oh, yeah, but only he could do that and get away yeah, with he, it. He, right? He's quite splenetic occasionally. Yes, moments of splenetism. Indeed. Very well. Good. Is, yes. Is it, is it splenetary? No, I, I think splen, splenet. I don't know. Martin's cleverer than us. Uh, we should, do you want to introduce him first and then he can answer that? <laughs> Given the game away. I'm I know. Surprised. I couldn't help it. I'm and sorry. Hey, everybody, who is in the green window tonight? Um, uh, it is, of course, the uh, that shouldn't be the green window. It should be the um, the round window, the square window, the uh, the terraced window. Um, he's uh, uh, wit, uh, far too intelligent for us. I've come to the conclusion: the more I know you, uh, Martin, the more I call, call you Keith. Um, the more <laughs> we'll just call him Keith. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Keith Wickham is interestingly uh, um, a very competent uh, um, animation voiceover. Does lots of different characters. Um, but, um, yeah, Martin, yeah, you're, you're possibly the most intelligent of all of us. And I keep thinking, oh, yeah, OK, well, Martin knows that. And I follow all his um, his tweets and his stuff. And we have a, a little uh, WhatsApp page, which we, uh, uh, Chelsea Fancast page. And he writes very amusingly for that and writes very amusingly on Twitter. So, uh, oh, sorry, on X. Um, and he's a very amusing chap. So all in all is, of course, Mr. Martin Wickham. Evening all. Um Oh, you're talking about spleens. I think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Martin, lovely to see you first time this season. I... Yeah, yeah, lovely to be here. I couldn't be around before the game. Yeah, I missed you, uh, mate. I missed no, you. No, I, I, I was had to hot foot it very late on because I was um, 
finishing work at three and had to get to um, Stamford Bridge for half four. So there wasn't really much time for a beer, but got her in plenty of time. And I went back to, went back after for a lemonade. <laughs> so um, honestly, it was. That's, yeah, all right, that, all right. That's, that's, the real, that's the real comedy. <laughs> now, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. And it was you know good to not need 10 points afterwards because no. of the utter dross I'd just watched. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Very encouraging, all the same. It was. And uh, I can tell everybody, courtesy of the lovely Brian Justman in Mixler, that Martin's dart adventures can be followed on Instagram. Only one. Yeah, I, just, I won the league. Oh, uh, this, yeah. congratulations. So I, I, just, I just posted it because it proves I've won more trophies than Spurs this yeah. decade. Martin, you are a born winner. I mean, you are already leading the fan casters in the uh, Prem Predictions League. Don't, that is not, yeah. It's oh, not oh, gone oh. unnoticed <laughs> by some of us, you know. All I'm going to say is, thank fuck we don't do a fantasy Premier League team because I would be rock bottom of that. I'm a bowling at well, it. There we go. Right. So for, um, every, for every yin, there's a yang. Indeed, there is. Now, uh, obviously, a little three-part show tonight. We don't have a journalist on board uh, this week. I will sort that out hopefully next week. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a Chelsea news roundup, nevertheless, in part one. And then we're going to have Opposition View. I've got a West Ham chum joining us for that. And... Uh, then we will preview the uh, the West Ham Chelsea game in part three, as of course we always do. Now, don't forget you can listen to the show live, live every Monday, Friday. <laughs> what a strange live that was! By going to Mixler, which is Chelsea-Fancast.mixler.com, where you can join some fantastically lovely people who I rather savagely barked at on Monday because I was a grumpy old sod, for which I apologise. Uh, but there you go. I'm human. What can I say? Anyway, they're all busy chatting on the uh, the live chat page. Now, you can follow us on all of the socials at Chelsea Fancast. And, of course, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good po- podcast platforms. And, of course, all the bad ones, too. And do please just give us a glowing five-star review, even if you hate us. Just consider it as your good deed for the year. And then you might go to heaven. I don't know. Uh, right, uh, let's kick off with the old uh, Chelsea News Roundup. I think the first thing, JK, oh my giddy fucking aunt, Rhys James has got an injury again. Well, it, it it's sort of consistent, isn't it? You know, I mean, it, um, he hardly plays any games in the season. Um, Poch in the press conference didn't seem to be particularly worried about it. Yeah, he right. said he will come back stronger. Oh said. yeah, the, the bionic James. Mm. We, yeah, will, somehow, we, we will we will rebuild him stronger, better, I'm, faster I'm than he was before. Because it hasn't been the case so far in his career, has it? No. Every time he's got injured, he just gets injured again. So he's not coming back stronger. So I think perhaps all our our um, I got the impression this actually wasn't the injury that he didn't have an injury in the game. He's done it in training um, because he was only tired the other day. Um, but I mean, it, it'll be. It'll be very uh, exciting, is the word that Poch, Poch used um, constantly. Very excited, exciting project. Everything exciting. That's a terrible impression. I do apologise. Um, but he... Um, Needs a bit uh, of work, it, love. It is a bit of work. It's going to be exciting to see um, uh, Gusto when he can't be mucho Gusto because he's French, can he? He has to be... I don't me- care. Meilleur Gusto. I don't or, care. Uh, okay. He's mucho um, Gusto as far as I'm concerned. Gusto... Um, Busto, no, Gusto, Bisto, no, oh Gusto, Gusto, 
This sounds very much like the Yorkshire couple on holidays. Run out of Bristol. That's the end of Bristol. That's good. I won't. I won't say the punchline. That's good. Anyway, he's playing. He'll be playing on Sunday. Oh, because... but you reckon so? Oh, yeah, good. Go but... Gusto will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Gusto, James. but not James. No, no James no. has had it. No, because he's. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what to make of all of this. You know, because. Um, it, they're all a bit sort of being secretive and a bit coy, you know, Medweke, Broja, Broja will be considered. He may get the opportunity to come back because they've missed out on Elise, um, which was a bizarre situation. But uh, I, I, we'll get on to it. But I've no idea where Elise would possibly play. They appear to have bought so many different wingers and they've got so many different players. It's all becoming becoming a bit of a... Um, of a mystery, particularly since he said in the press conference that he that, that a squad of twenty three or twenty four would be ideal for him, and I was thinking, well, they've got about thirty eight at the moment. Oh, so, so what on earth is going to happen? It's nuts, um, isn't it? Completely nuts, nuts. But anyway, yeah, Reese being injured is, of course, uh, not it's not disastrous because well, I it's don't the know, kind of thing we expected. Well, no, we I, I think Gusto's a you know no, you know, I, I, clearly I, doesn't have the same. Attacking but, abilities as Reese, but we we, player, we, we don't we don't we don't know yet because we've not no. seen enough of him play. I mean, Martin, I I I am I'm okay. I, I mean, here's a good question. This is something that you will like, I'm sure. Um, I wonder if we're a bit conditioned to uh, catastrophizing when it comes to uh, repeated injuries, having endured. Uh, you know, Kante certainly would be, be 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 prime in that. You know, and I I think it is similar, isn't it, with that? Because you know, we've we've run the bones out of these players for the last few years. Um, and of course, you know, Kante was our most influential player when he was fit and firing. We looked like world beaters, and when he was not there, we didn't. And and James is, I think, now as important to us as a player, perhaps as Kante was. He's been made captain. Um, I, I also wonder if, you know, why they didn't bite the bullet last season and, and, and get... I mean, I'm presuming, of course, that this is related to the old injury, but, you know, I, I just wonder why they didn't get it sorted out properly rather than allow him to play. It was nothing to play for. So, anyway, sorry, I've, I've lobbed a lot at you there. Stream of consciousness, dear boy. No, that's fine. I, I wonder with Reese James, are they just being overly, overly cautious because of his injury history? And is he... Is it an injury that stops you playing, or is it one you could you, you could play through if you felt confident in your own body? I mean, obviously, I don't. I have even less insight into it than anyone, any one of us. So I, I have no idea. It's just very concerning. I, I seem to recall a conversation we had last season where we both said that he was a little bit. He's quite muscular and yeah. top heavy, and he, I, that might not be helping him either. But you know, you'd, um, you'd imagine there's people paid to know the physiology of these players and to work accordingly because he didn't he jogged off when he got subbed against Liverpool he didn't trudge off he didn't look like he'd broken down because he hadn't, when he, he hadn't. Well, yeah well when he, when he did stop again last season when he came back from an injury and he stopped he straight away you knew he was in trouble because he yeah. just walked off looking like his world has ended there was none of that this time so what, what's happened in training obviously we don't know if they've just been, you know, cautious. I'm a bit more confident about it now with Malo Gusto there rather than, um, you know, a, a very over-the-hill as Piliqueta and 
then having to play Ruben Loftus-Cheek and various others out of position due to necessity. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I just, I just hope for his sake, because I'm no mental health expert, but when he did get those injuries, some of those Instagram posts were like, oh, Jesus Christ, mate, I hope you've got someone someone to talk to about it, because he just didn't look like he was handling it very well. If he's if he loses faith in his own body, that's the worst thing no, that can happen. No, you're dead right. Well, I, sorry, sorry, Jake, go on, go on. Called him Malogusto, is that his... Is yeah, Mal- Malogusto. Is he Malcolm? Malcolm no, Gusto? No, just just Mallow as far as I know. I mean, it, it, to me, Mallow Gusto sounds like bad wind, which yeah, yeah, exactly. we've, all, we've all had once in a while, so... He'll end up in the Malmaison if he's not careful. Um, I think I think it would be a tragedy uh, for James if, if he can't, you know, deal sort this these injuries out once and for all. Because, I mean, he's already... I think he's a world-class player. Real Madrid wanted him a year ago, and the, the, there's a reason for that. He's he's probably our best player. Um, he's got the potential, arguably, to be one of the best players we've ever produced. He's got the potential to be one of the best right backs England's ever produced. You know, so this, it, I think there there is there are there is potential for tragedy here if they don't get this sorted out. So we wish him well, of course. Now uh, moving on. Uh, now there's a bit of conjecture in the Discord uh, rooms, J.K., about my pronunciation of I called him Kaikado, so I. I pronounced it with a, a noisy C rather than a silent C, which would be Caicedo. Um, but anyway, whatever, he's landed. Um, and, of course, the big hoop, brouhaha, love that word, brouhaha, uh, <laughs> is that he's got Zola's sacred number 25 shirt, which apparently was retired, even though it absolutely fucking wasn't. Who gives? Who gives? Who a gives a shit? Exactly, yeah, exactly. that. It's oh, I love shirt. you, J.K. A man it's after a fucking, my own heart. Fucking shirt number, for God's sake! Let's not get pressures about yes. a shirt number. God save us! And actually, it's Cajedo. Actually, okay, no, sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Do that again. Cajedo. Cajedo. There is. A, so he's got a noisy C. No, no, I'm making it up. I've got no clue. I don't know. Okay. Casado, I think. Casado, a kai, you know, kai. I think it's erring towards Casado. Isn't isn't it from the the Latin sado, um, cedary to give in? I don't know. He makes from bloody Ecuador. Yeah, but it speaks Spanish. They all speak you, Spanish, don't they? It's you know, a Latin, Latin language, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it's basically Spanish. Do you know they eat guinea pigs in Ecuador? Do they? Yeah. Are they tasty? It's their national dish. Is it, what is it? Guinea pig uh, en croute? I think I remember doing a, a sketch about this when I did uh, a big TV series for the World Cup in 2006 in which Ecuador took part. And the three things that we had in our sketch were the weird bird man who dressed up as a bird at the game. Yeah, I remember him. He was yeah. sweet. The yeah. fact was that... Colombian? No, it was Ecuadorian. They like birds in South Africa, South America. What can I say? Got big anyway, birds there. They have they? got They've big got... birds there. And uh, so the bird man, the fact that the, the guinea pigs were their national dish, and of course the fact that their manager, I think at the time, was Otto Fister, which of course gave me opportunity for lots of fisting gags. With a P, of course. With a, yes, yes, of course, absolutely. It, was, it, it really was. In fact, it was Puffister. It was really. indeed. Would it be anything else? Um, so, Martin, have you got any anything? Uh, to add to Caicedo getting Zola's shirt. Couldn't give a toss. You couldn't give a toss. <laughs> it's a full number. house, full house. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it was, I remember similar anger about Kulabali taking the 26 well, shirt. That was only because he wasn't fit that, to though, wear it, mate. Taking the yeah, that's be- that, that, was before uh-huh. we, that was before we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. 
yeah, 26 it, shirts a step too far. Come um, on. You know, I mean, eight, I mean, eight, you know. my, my ideal squad number would be 13 just because it would, you know, fuck it. Bollocks a superstition. I'll just take that number. I would give a, have a 13. Nobody has a 13. Michael Ballack. Ballack. Yeah, Courtois yeah. had it when he yeah. was there. Nobody has since. You don't, we're not talking about a 13. Chelsea's well, I, I would I would love to see somebody. Ben Nelly has it. I would love to see somebody wear a 69 shirt just for shits and yeah, giggles. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is somebody who does. didn't didn't Vale have it? Didn't he have? Did he? He's sixty six, he wasn't he? He's, I mean, he's, who's he gone to? He's gone to. Has he gone to Wimbledon? I can't like remember. Leeds. Mate. Is it Leeds? No. Don't oh, he's so. gone down to a Division One team. Anyway, um, somebody who definitely won't be wearing uh, the twenty five shirt or the sixty nine shirt will be uh, Lewis Hall uh, and the news about Lewis Hall. Now, I'm I'm very confused about this. Um, apparently, he was going to Palace on loan. Then Newcastle came in. They wanted to buy him. He decided he wanted to go, even though he's just signed a six-year contract and the club said they wanted him to stay. Apparently, he wanted to go to Newcastle because he supported Newcastle as a boy, which, of course, growing up in Slough, you would do. Um, and being at Chelsea since he was seven. Well, indeed, well. I know. So the latest I hear is that he has apparently gone on loan for with an obligation for Newcastle to buy him at the end of the season for £28 million. Pounds. I, I, I cannot work out any sense in this whatsoever, JK? Um, well, I, th- I think from his point of view, he, he didn't play, he only played once on pre-season. So obviously, um, Pochettino's made a decision not to play him. He assessed him in training. Um, he is slightly confused in that, um, as we all are, because he's actually a midfield player where he wasn't going to get in at all. But his his efforts at fullback have been, they've been excellent, though prone to give the ball away and, and, have at least one rick in him per game. So whether um, Pochettino's decided that that isn't good enough, but, you know, he is only 18. So it's for the future. But at the moment, they appear to be buying lots of players who are 18 and 19, who um, none of whom are getting into the first team. Well, uh, what was it? Um, um, uh, Lavia is 19, isn't he? And he's going to, they're not sure whether he's going to start or not the weekend because they both had busy weeks, according to uh, Pochettino. But, um, uh, if he can't get in the team and he sees no route through, well, we've gone down a, you know, a Livramento route. We've gone down a Gay route. We've gone down um, uh, 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 to, um, Fioco. Uh, what's his way? Tamori. Tamori, Tamori route. So um, not Oronoco. And um, uh, that would be um, Oronoco flow by um, Enya. We're not going down that. That was a Wombles reference. Yeah, yeah but I was making a, an Enya reference yeah. just because deliberately for Martin. You're, you're giving me a, you're giving me an Enyaism, mate. Because Martin and I've gone sail away, sail away, sail away. Not or, a chance. I thought <laughs> I always thought it was save the whale, save the whale, save the whale. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, but I'm just making it slightly okay. more accessible. But no, so the, in, in seriously, with my possible the. The answer I'm giving is he he sees no route through. Yeah. Pochettino hasn't given him a route through, and um, um, the annoying thing is is the other option is Cucurella, isn't it? If Chilwell uh, gets injured, which, who we all think is complete waste of space, but it could it once again be a financial thing. I don't know. I'm not as um, in love with the idea of uh, of him becoming um, another Kevin De Bruyne. And another Salah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's a a decent player, but I I'm um, you can't judge at eighteen. You know the, who knows? But they've made their decision. 
at this well, I, I, stage I, I, of his career. You know, I, I think you give into it. You just accept yeah, that. No, I totally get that. And I, fit, you know? I, I agree with actually, remarkably, a lot of what you say there. What, what I've got the hump about. I mean, if he wants to go because he wants to play football, fair play, mate. Good luck to you. I've got no, no problem about that. Um, but the, the issue I have, Martin, is, okay, if he wants to go and, and, uh, and he hasn't got a route through at the moment, either, either you loan him or you sell him. And if you're going to sell him, sell him for some fucking money. 28 million quid. I mean, that's, what, what happens if he, if he gets into the Newcastle side and, he, and he's a wonderful player and he looks the bollocks and we, we've just let him go for cheap. And if they're after all this money, why, why have they so I mean, effectively, I mean, I know he's only 18, but, you know, we've just spent 55 million quid on, on Lavia, for God's sake, and he's 19. You've answered your own question in the notes, really. It's just pure profit, and it's quite disheartening. I think if you want to, you know, him to get first team football alone, while you concentrate on getting worse players out the door like Cucurella, and you know, create the pathway when he returns, I just think we now we've got a, we've got the owners of a baseball team in charge, and we've got. A, We've got members of the academy being treated like members of a baseball farm system where they become trading pieces. Um, I feared it was going to happen, and in fairness to them, you know, the academy has been a profit centre the whole time. It's, you know, the season with Mount, James and Abraham was the ex- very much the exception rather than the rule. So it's not a new phenomenon, but yeah, it's disappointing. And 28 million quid for an 18-year-old who's probably only had half a dozen first team games he's pretty good and I think it rises to 35 million depending on where there's, there's a buyback too I think isn't there well everyone says there's a buyback and every, every single time a player sold it's never happened yet so I'm not buying that for a second there's meant to be a buyback on Liveramento he went to Newcastle mm. I don't believe it what what does amuse me is that um, we now after a summer where all the lunatics on Twitter over the summer when we when a lot of our players moved to Saudi Arabian teams that were bought by the public investment fund. Now we have Newcastle who have, you know, just given us twenty eight million pounds at some point, which will obviously offset the spending plus the the stretching of the amortization rules. And they've also had Chelsea have got a I believe they've got a chunk of money through the Tino Livramento sale. So anyone who we're going Clear Lake and PIF are the same. They're linked. They're one and the same. This isn't going to stop that conspiracy theory in its tracks, unfortunately. Although I do think if there is a Gulf state that starts looking at Chelsea once they can, once Clear Lake see a profit, I'd be looking at Oman rather than Saudi Arabia. But that's for another time. That's a long way away, hopefully. But uh, I mean, I mean, look, just to, to pick up on the point that that you saw that I'd written in the in the notes, I do fear. That I think you have a very good point about the whole baseball baseball style system. I think there's a lot of validity to that claim. Um, and of course, everything at Chelsea is now an asset. It's all about the balance sheet. Um, but I do well, want. A, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. There was an article. There was an article on the Athletic which described it quite well. Mm. The players are effect, the players that have come in, the new signings, and with the contracts on there, they're like they're basically like a stock portfolio. Yeah. Exactly that, exactly that. But I do fear, I mean, this is football after all, and I do fear that we are sacrificing arguably one of the best academies in the world 
and the youth that it's producing purely for profit and isn't i mean you know okay you could say well so what if they're not going to play then make use of that asset which is fair enough but the trouble is is that if we keep doing this we will no longer have the best academy in the world because nobody's going to fucking join it because they're going to say well we've got no chance of playing for this club we might as well go somewhere where we have got a chance of playing for them because of all the purchases you mean rather than both the the, the, the sales and the purchases yeah fair. and i mean we've heard rumors that a lot of the Guys who've been involved with the academy for a long, long, long time are completely disillusioned and demotivated by it all. I'm thinking of fucking off. Allegedly. Well, that would be understandable if in that situation, obviously, you don't know anything behind the scenes. But yeah, I mean, a lot of, I mean, this is kind of goes back to that, um, you know, haggard old piss tank John Aldridge earlier in the week going, why would Caicedo join Chelsea? Um, because as he was growing up, Chelsea were one of the most successful sides in the world. So the players of that age bracket will have grown up seeing Chelsea achieve things, win trophies, win the Champions League, win the league, you know, idolise the likes of Drogba, Lampard, Essien, etc. Um, a few years' time, the cohort of young players that start coming through the academies will be seeing that with Man City. And if they get the chance to go there, they'll jump at the chance. And we'll lose that talent scene. And the other one, if we start looking to mine all these South American children, which seem to be getting signed up on an alarmingly regular basis, that's all well and good for now. But if they bypass Europe and start going to Saudi Arabia, then with that that's another stream lost. So what happens then? And they've probably asset stripped the academy in the meantime. And it's it will have lost value when they need it to step up. It will be demotivated, like you say, and there could be, you know, key members of staff that were there that built it up who who have moved on. Yeah, definitely right. That's my concern longer term. Um, but there, I mean, as always, it's been I mean, it's been a fascinating transfer window, and I think on balance we've done pretty bloody well. I mean, I go back to that list we wrote of players we wanted to get shot of, which we have done. Uh, and we have bought some good... I mean, you know, I said to Liam last week, if Chelsea fail to sign Kai Sado, you can say that has been a failure of the, of the new regime. But they have got him. They've had to spunk a lot of money up the wall against it, but they've got him. So I think one has to consider it to be a success. But there are still confusing elements in it. For example, JK, Ziyech apparently has failed a medical again, although some people well, say he was... didn't. No, it's. It, I think that's made up. The Galatasaray was all made. He didn't mention it today, Pochettino. He said there's no change in no in the in the three players who are um, waiting to go, which was Zayek, um, Hudson Odoi, and Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku. Yeah, so that, that's that. That I think that was a that was be a, a perfect example of somebody inventing. What about Lukaku to Spurs? Is there any any truth in that? Well, we haven't we heard haven't heard any any development on I'd that. I'd laugh like. my cock off if he went there. I I just don't think that these. These things are likely. They're just. They're, well, I've still got two weeks out. to go, mate. Oh, I know, but at the moment, somebody puts something out, and then there isn't a a follow up, and you just think, well, you know, is this is this just? We should start a rumor that Lukaku's going to Liverpool. I love that idea. Yeah. Actually, let's, let's do it now. Let's yeah. start it now. Um, uh, I, this whole business of people were also discussing whether that would be the end of the. Uh, the academy and in the end we wouldn't have an academy we just just buy and sell according to um who were the best players in the world well you know what happens at um 
what happens at Real Madrid? Is it, it, do they have an academy particularly that's that's functioning, or in fact, do they just buy? No, it but Barcelona do. Their reputation. Barcelona, Barcelona yeah. do with the Mestalla. Is it the Mest? No, that's, that's somebody else. La, La, La Masia. La you're, Ma thinking of Mal you're thinking of Valencia. I know, Stadium. I am, aren't I? It's uh, what's it called again? The Barcelona Academy. La Masia or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, so they do. I mean, I I just think it's it's it worries me because I think it's it's short term, and you know, I mean, I I you know, I take the point that yes, we we very rarely have ever put people through, but I think whilst there was hope that you could make it through to Chelsea, you will attract some of the best youth uh, around, and I think if it becomes patently clear that you'll be sold as soon as they can go boo. Um, and uh, and then, you know, as, as Jonathan was saying, if the good staff leave, then I think it becomes less attractive, and I think, therefore, that is a worry long-term, because whether you want them to play or, or, or be sold, both become less likely, don't they? So I do think it's rather short-term. Do you think uh, if we were to become as successful as the, the owners wish with all these purchases, because I think it's been a wonderful... And they are all very young, of course. Yeah, very young. If they become world beaters, or is it Murphy was on TalkSport saying... None of them would get into the Man City side. Well, well, I'll tell because... you what, Murphy wouldn't get into this fucking podcast squad. Hey, he'd, he'd try, but we wouldn't have him, would we? No. no, he's, no, no. Ne he's never I... had a drink with me before a game. For a start. Have I? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, you I, must, have. I must have had a lemonade. I got you on before that, but that was because of your obvious star quality. Oh, change, change. Mellifluous. I, I thought you were quite a famous name and I thought we needed one. And you discovered that I was, that I was wrong. <laughs> um, fact, it was me that made you famous. I mean, what can I say? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's it's going to be one of those nights tonight, isn't it? I can feel it. Famous has made a fool out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bravo, bravo. Uh, um, what was I saying? I can't uh, remember, mate. I can't remember. No, well, I'll just tell you what, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who Brennan Johnson is? Um, does he not play for uh, Nottingham Forest? That, yeah, but every he, I put that in my notes. Yeah, but then why are you asking me? Well, because I because I, because I thought I'd see what you know about. Did you not watch yeah, Nottingham he, Forest he, play last he, season? He, he, yeah, but I watched him a few times. He's he's very he quick good, and he scored a few goals. But then he was substitute a lot, which I never understood. But he came in and scored a few goals. But it's I almost feel it's like the the um the, the what's his name Gordon thing from Newcastle, which is he's obviously got very good stats. I'm sorry to say, but um use that word. But obviously moves is very quick and has scored some very good goals. And they've worked out that he may provide a very decent partner for um uh for Nico, Nico. for Jackson. But for but I uh, uh, he isn't somebody. He, my my mind didn't immediately think. Yes, we need a new striker. Oh, it's going to be Johnson from Nottingham Forest. I didn't, you know, I was thinking of somebody possibly from, you know, uh, uh, with a, uh, um, a Slavonic name who, you know, beats people up a bit. Somebody with a, who you think, blimey, he's a bit of a unit. No, rather English. Than, rather than, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm deliberately saying. Yeah. It, it, he's, he's not English, is he? Says, he's uh, says he's Welsh. He's oh. Welsh. <laughs> Definitely okay. not English. He's British. He's British. Definitely no, not he, English. He's, he's a kind of, you know, he's a... He, is another alternative striker to Jackson. It's the same kind of mm. decent skill, very good shot, takes the ball early. Um, not who we would think immediately that we're going to, not a target, doesn't appear to be a target man, just very nippy. There appears to be a policy at the moment for everybody is very swift, very would, quick. Would you, would you take him? Oh, I, I, well, who knows who he where he fits? You know, I just find this whole constantly buying players. You think, what's going to happen to all these poor boys that they bought who are on the 
the pre-season tour who thought they might get into the team. I mean, did they, they're going out on loan. Half of them haven't. They're all hanging about still, other than um, who I thought would get in the side, um, uh, Cassidy, who, uh, Cassidy Butch, who's um, uh, he's gone to Leicester, hasn't he? Yeah, he went on loan there, but he after the first game against Wrexham, he did look good. He struggled a little bit against the Premier League teams in those friendlies, so it's not a surprise. But yeah. yes, he did. Well, no, but I thought that he might well. he might be there and come on in the you know because they're having to think in terms of 15, sixteen players now because of the five. So they've got you know a squad of twenty five is what he's after 24, 25, and you think most of them will be on the bench. Whereas some of these others, you know, Santos. Um, uh, Simon Johnson and uh, Liam were, were discussing even last week. He thought Santos actually might get in the, the team for last week. I, there was no possibility of that happening mm. when we saw what he was playing, when he played the three at the back that turned into a four. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I think it's been a fantastic transfer window. Oh, I, I, think, I, I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. But, there's no, but nobody's saying how, what a brilliant window it's been for Chelsea. It's been nobody else's. Can be, all they're saying is... It hasn't finished yet, but as I said... Oh, I, no, indeed. indeed. I, th- I think even if they just signed Caicedo, who was their main target, you could have considered it a, a success. But I still think the biggest success is clearing the deadwood out. Right, uh, we've got... I was a... going to say, sorry, very quickly, that Potch said that he thought it was a wonderful piece of business by the club. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so pleased they pursued it because yeah. he's a great player, he yeah. said. And it's, once again, exciting prospect. Yeah. Very excited. Exciting project. Right. We also, we, we, also JK, we, we need to move on because we've got James waiting. You also mentioned Broya. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is... Sorry. Well done. Thanks for remembering that, actually. Because I, I, I was going to yeah. say that if with the, the links with Elise and Brennan Johnson slightly concern me, not because they're not good players, but it just made me wonder about the severity of Nkunku's injury and how long he's out for. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, we've got to go for a quick break and then when we come back, we've got a bit of opposition view. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. 
footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. Uh, and of course, I've got with me Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And uh, the lovely Martin Wickham. Evening. Right, now it's time for this. The Opposition View. That's right, good old Friday night Opposition View. And this week we have got an old chum of mine, the ever so lovely James Jones from We Are West Ham. Not the West Ham way, as I normally say. We are West Ham. Well, we're Hello, not. We're not. He is, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thanks, guys. Uh, definitely not the West Ham way. They're our, they're I our know. rivals. I rivals. Know. I know. Can you call podcasters rivals? Yeah, I mate. I, well, I just yeah. it's, it's seared into my brain because I remember I, I, it was either you or Will I had on last year, and I kept on saying that. He said, "Mate, mate, we're, we're not. We're not. No, not them. No, no, no." So I try very hard to remember the right word. How the devil are you, Squire? I've not seen you for a while. I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, lots to catch up on. It's been yeah, yeah it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. I've I've moved further away from London. Um, over the last few months, so I'm a little bit. Where are you living now bit... then? I'm in Bury St Edmunds. Oh, so you came so, to uh... came to praise them, not bury them. Exactly. Yeah. So I moved up here in in March just to get a bit away from away from London and feel a lot more relaxed. Good. Funny enough, which is nice. Yes. Yeah. We we approve of that. Now, you are probably also relaxed because you're still basking in the sumptuous glory of West Ham winning a European trophy. I'm, I'm not going to say it was a Mickey Mouse trophy. It's a proper European trophy. It's so <laughs> proper, in fact, James, that Chelsea haven't won it yet. Mate, I, I always thought in my lifetime I'd see West Ham win a trophy of some kind, which wasn't the Intertoto Cup or a playoff final. Um, but I never in a million years expected it to be a, a trophy in Europe. So it was it was incredible, to be honest, mate. It was one of the, Were you the out best there? Were you out there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I had a ticket. Good man. I was in the ground. 6,000 of us. Were, well, officially 6,000, but it was definitely at least 12, probably, um, in the ground. And probably one of the best days of my life. You know, yeah, okay. People go, oh, it was only the conference league. No, but no, no, mate, it's a trophy. We were in it. It's a trophy. We hadn't won one for 47 years. Hadn't won one in my lifetime. And um, it landed on the day that would have been my dad's 60th birthday as well. Oh, so it was an extra sweet. bit of emotion there as well for us. And yeah, it was just, it was an incredible day. And to, for it to be in Prague as well, because Prague's mm. an incredible city yeah. as it is. And yeah, we had, we had a really good four days out there. It was cracking. Really good fun. Do they still sell fifty pence points over there? Because that could get very it was, dangerous. It was a little bit more expensive than fifty p, but it was. Um, we got through a hell of a lot of beer, particularly on match day. Um, I was talking to the boys a couple of days after. And I, I reckon we we must have got close to sort of twenty five thirty beers each. Yeah, there's there's a pour your own there's a pour your own pint place there. Yeah, we went over there for the Super Cup and. We realised it was just a massive drinking contest against oh, Bayern Munich fans. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you're over there with the Germans as well, even better. Because yeah. yeah. all they want to do is drink. But, I mean, we took over Prague. It was claret and blue all over. Barely any Fiorentina fans. Um, and we we def- we drank about three bars dry. One of which was the day before the game. Two of, two of which on, uh, before, uh, on the day of the game. And we just went out there for a party. We, like, win or lose, we were like, we're, we're there. And we, no one's going to take us away from us. It was good fun. Uh, well, it was a really good game, actually, too. And there's nothing like a kind of a last-minute winner to 
I mean, that's just oh. how, that's how it should be. It's always how it should be, I think. What a way to win a final. Yeah, no, well done you. Now, uh, moving a, a little bit kind of more into recent times, I mean, you know, one of the instrumental players for you over the last few seasons, certainly in that final, was, of course, uh, Declan Rice. And uh, as predicted, he left. Sadly, not to Chelsea. He went to Arsenal. How, how are you feeling about all of that? I'm still... Like, we, we knew he was going. Like we, We'd come to terms with the fact that... he. he after this summer, he was gone. Some of us even expected him to go last summer. I think we were quite lucky to get another year out of him. Um, but I'm still in complete amazement that he's opted for for Arsenal. And some will say, "Well, Arsenal were the only club to stop the money up." But why? I just don't understand why why he's gone there. I mean, the reason why we're told that the reason why City didn't really follow through with the second bid is because they were that they felt like he wanted Arsenal more than he wanted City. I mean, what what world is he living in that he wanted to go to Arsenal over Manchester City? Um, I just don't, I will never understand it. It might work out well for him, but I think it's more likely that it won't. In terms of you know, he was said he was saying publicly while he's a West Ham player, while he's a West Ham captain, he wants to win it all. He's now signed for a football club that hasn't won it all and probably will not win it all. Uh, more likely, won't win it all. And it just feels it's a bit of a bit of a sucker punch for West Ham. Like we we half expected him to go to Chelsea, and we'd have been fine with that because we know he's a Chelsea boy at heart, and we'd have been fine with that. Another London rival, that's fine, but he's a Chelsea boy at heart. He grew up there. He was in the academy at a young age. Dad's a season ticket holder, so fine. But Arsenal, of all clubs, he had to go to Arsenal, and and that that's why it hurt a lot of West Ham fans, and that's why he ended up leaving. Even though it's expected, he left on a bit, a, a bit of a bitter note, really, because he's gone to, gone to them, a club that hasn't won it all and won't win it all, and it just doesn't make any sense to us. Interesting. Um, okay, well, you he's gone, obviously. Um, yeah. You got quite a decent amount of wedge for him. Um, you got Ward Prowse in so far, but. Uh, are you going to get anybody else in, and is that enough? I mean, are you, I mean, can you or are you trying to replace Rice? Well, we've also got Edson Alvarez from from Ajax. He came in first. Thanks. Apologies, forgot about him. Um, no, that's that's fine. I mean, he, he he wasn't ready to play on the opening day of the season against Bournemouth, um, and we're led to believe that he's the replacement. He's the guy that's going to come in and, and do the work and, and do all the work that Rice did. I still think we're a little bit light in that midfield. The fact is, you can't replace a player like Declan Rice. Mm. You can fill his, you can try and fill his boots, but you can't directly replace him. So you you always felt like it's going to be two or three midfielders coming in to to try and fill what he offered the team, both defensively and going forward. Yeah, interesting. Now James Will Prowse gives us the, the the set piece threat that the year before last we were you know we caught almost every team in the Premier League by surprise with. You know, uh, Suchek running in late in the in the box. Craig Dawson throwing himself at everything like a wrecking ball in, in the box. We lost a little bit of that dead ball delivery. We've got that back now. And Edson Alvarez will 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 help to shore it up and be a little bit combative in midfield. So we probably need one or two more. But the the, the frustration at West Ham amongst the fans at the moment is that we knew Rice was going. We knew we'd probably get about 100 million quid for him. Yet it took a month to bring Alvarez in after Rice left. And it was like, why is it taking so long to spend that money? Why is it taking so long to replace him, yeah. or at least try to replace him? And we're still very, very light, to be honest, mate. We, we've we we're going into the second game of the season this week, this weekend, probably about three or four players short. Mm. 
Squad wise. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you'll still have Paqueta because of his naughtiness. So he won't be going to City. <laughs> so I suppose that's silver, silver linings. And yeah, all every that. cloud until he's banned for eight months or wherever uh, it is. Yeah, we'll see. What that I always happens. used to be a big fan of Antonio's. Is he, uh, is he still providing or is he going down the pecking order? Well, the fact is that we're, we're rubbish at signing strikers. So he will probably start at the weekend because we can't, we're not very good at replacing strikers. Um, but the fans are, uh, are of the feeling that it's about time he left the football club. But the trouble is we can't afford to let him go until we replace him with someone that's good enough to play that role that David Moyes like. He loves his love, he loves a player that will run the channels, that will hold the ball up. Is he holding that, the ball up? Yeah. That yeah. will cause, cause a, uh, an absolute nuisance to defenders and just be a bit of a, a bit annoying to defenders. He had a fantastic season a couple of years. Seasons he ago. did, yeah. You know, he 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 broke the cups record for most Premier League goals uh, um, at West Ham, and but he has been at the club for what ten years now. So, but I think that a lot of that's down to longevity rather than actual quality. And that's no disrespect to him, um, but we signed him as a winger. He played two seasons as a right back, and now he's our striker. Um, and. If we want to continue on the, the the journey that we're on, we've just won a European trophy. We finished in the top seven two years running before last season. We have to get a better striker than Michel Antonio, and that's just facts. I think um, they're a bit, they're a bit uh, short in, in Europe. They're short everywhere. Chelsea trying to get a, a striker. We're just working well, that's out. that's it. connected with Johnson at the moment from Nottingham Forest. You're trying to work out what Yeah, and so are we. Yeah. 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 It, indeed. But I'm just going to say that, that Ward Prowse is a fantastic free kick taker. I mean, just without, there's no, nobody like him in the division. And um, uh, so you were saying so about second people, only to Beckham. Yeah, yeah. Making late runs and Suchek making late runs for headers. He won't be needed. He just hits the corner of the net so often. Ward Prowse. He's he's a genius, genius free kick taker. I'm I mean, we, we've we've not had one like that probably since Payet, someone that can take a good free kick consistently. Yeah, 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 um, but the one thing we haven't had over the last few years is a good corner taker. Some of our corners over the last couple of years have been atrocious. I mean, especially when we had Mark Noble, he'd always hit the first man every single time, but he insisted on taking a corner every week. Yes. Um, wow. So now we've, now we've got someone that can put a ball in the box and he can hit their man every single time. So that's quite exciting. And for 30 million quid in, in, in today's market is actually a bit of steel, I think. Yeah, definitely. Decent player, actually. I'm surprised he uh, he didn't go for more somewhere. But they, I don't get Southampton. These just seem to be selling all their best players. But you know, perhaps that's the that's the what you got to do when you go down a division. But uh... yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite interesting what you just said there, James. I mean, you you finished in the top seven for the last couple of seasons, just won a European trophy, and yet I still hear there's quite a lot of disquiet over David Moyes. Um, is that true? Do you want him out? Why do you want him out? If you do want him out, well, it's it's a split. It's I think the fan base is quite split at the moment. You know, there's some fans that go, you can't touch him now. You know, he's just ended a trophy drought of 47 years. Um, he's definitely up there as one of our best ever managers, given what he's achieved over the last three seasons. He came back to the club during COVID or just before COVID. We were in the bottom three, and then he he fin- he, get, he he we finished sixth, reached Europa League semi final, then finished seventh, then. Uh, win the conference league. Okay, we finished fifteenth last year, fourteenth. So a lot. One half of the fan base are going, you can't touch him. He's untouchable. And the other half are going, okay, fair enough. Like respects what he's done, respects what he's achieved. He's he's given us memories and achievements that we never thought were even possible only four years ago. But the style of football is not 
is not going to take us any further than where he's taken us right now. The style of football is dire. It's it's not conducive of a team that wants to go and win trophies regularly or at least compete for trophies regularly. Um, and his trans his record in the transfer market, okay, it's good, but there seems to be um, that he's at odds with the new um, director of football, uh, Tim Stuyton, who's who comes with a lot of pedigree. I think we we beat Tottenham to his to his appointment, um, and a lot of fans are going, okay, he's won the trophy, but he's not going to take us any further than winning the Conference League. We might have another run in the Europa League this year. Okay, we might finish mid-table in the Premier League, but we're we're now at a point in our history where we can build on this. And we're looking at clubs like Brighton and we're looking at clubs like Brentford and going, why can't we do that? And if anything, we're ahead of those two clubs in terms of history and, and anything else and and, um, and what we've achieved. It, but in reality, we're miles behind those two football clubs. And it shouldn't be like that, really. And that's no disrespect to Brentford and, and Brighton. They do an incredible job, both on and off the pitch. And a lot of fans are looking at it going, like, that's what we should be doing from a scouting point of view. Um, from a managerial appointment point of view, from a from a footballing, uh, from a tactical point of view, um, philosophy, everything. You look at those two clubs and go, they're doing it the right way. They probably won't win a trophy for five, six years. They, you know, they might continue. They might go up and down a little bit, but they'll always they'll be there or thereabouts for for a long time because of the the foundations they've built behind the scenes. And it's not just David Moyes; it's it's David Sullivan as well. The fans can't wait for him to sell the club. Uh, and that's the reality of it. And until he goes, you know, I don't think a great deal is going to change, even if Moyes goes before the end of the season. Until Sullivan goes, it's going to be the same. That's that's the feeling. Yeah. What is the difference, the difference between the business models, do you think, of Brentford and um, uh, and um, Brighton in comparison with with the Hammers? What why is it that they've got different younger staff? They've looked, they've got and they've they've that their their HR is better. That they've got better people coming in. Is it that Sullivan isn't keen on on getting? Is he got the same backroom staff all the time? Is is Moyes not involved in the in the hiring and firing in any way? Because I'm intrigued. Because I agree with you completely. Yeah. You know, wonderful history for the club. Great. You know. Um. Um. Should be better. Should be doing better. And the fact that Brentford and Brighton have come in, you think, well, are they not paying any attention to this? That the there's somehow that they've achieved this. And 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 take a notice and applied something that they've done. I don't quite get that. Is, well, that. is that down to the chairman? Is that down to the owner? I should say. I think so. I think a lot of it is, it's having a direction that you know you want to go 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 in, and everyone at the football club, from the very very top to the very very bottom, all being in the same mindset, all being right. Okay, we're, we're buying into this philosophy and this direction. And the direction for those two clubs is it's very, you know, their scouting networks are second to none. We don't have a scouting network. That, that you've given me a perfect example, actually. There. Yeah, we well, don't have a scouting network. We've got, we've just brought in a, a, a director of football. It's the third one we brought in um, over the last six years. And, you know, this one is the one with the highest pedigree. But we, within a month of him coming in, we're already finding out that him and David Moyes are disagreeing on transfer targets. Now that shouldn't be the case, because at Brighton and Brentford, the the, the director of football 
he's going to the manager and going, these are the players we need to target because these are the players that fit the system that the club wants to play, not just the manager, but the club. And then and then the manager goes, yeah, great, we'll go and get him then because I can fit him into the system. But at the moment, there's a there's a complete difference between the direction. I don't think David Sullivan knows what direction he wants to take the club in. He's you brought in he- Tim Stanton and he's gone, okay, well, you, you just bring in players. And, but then Tim Stanton's gone, okay, well, this is, these are the players I like. And David, uh, David Moyes has gone, well, these are the players that don't really fit my system, so I don't really want them. And then suddenly there's, there are odds. It's their conflict immediately. Yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's just not the way that a Premier League football club should be run. You think that's down to Moyes being slightly more old school, being an older manager, that he's not, you know, up with this, with the new digital age, as it were, the it's new a, assessing players. You think it, it's it's a mix. It's a mixture of that, and it's it's that, and David Sullivan not implementing a clear direction that he wants to take the football club in. There is there is no direction, and there never has been since he bought the club. Um, and until someone comes in and goes, "This is the direction we're going in." And everyone needs to get on board of it. If you're not on board with it, you're out. Um, there is a feeling that Tim Stighton's going to be the guy that is responsible for replacing Moyers, whenever that might be. And maybe that's the, that might be the beginning of it. And I said this on the podcast last week that or maybe, okay, that he's at odds with Moyers now, but maybe he's the guy that replaces Moyers with his own managerial you know, um, targets, and then they can start looking at a direction. But I, I, I genuinely believe that while David Sullivan's at the club, it will always be the same because he's a very stubborn man as well. Very good businessman, but very, very stubborn. Um, there so, any yeah. talks of him selling up? Because I know David Gold passed away earlier in the year, so he's kind of just him and Cameron Brady left. Has there been any further talk about? those investors that were meant to be coming in or buying a stake? Has there been any developments on that front? Well, we had investment, um, I think it was last, well, back in some point last year, I think it was, uh, a, a Czech businessman, billionaire called Daniel Kutinsky. Um, He bought, I think it was 27% of the club. Um, and it was very close to the percentage that the Premier League deem as being a, a majority takeover. I think, I think that's, they see it as 29%. He bought 27.5% or something like that. Um, and then we thought, okay, but this is a, they're getting close to a takeover here. And the reason why it wasn't a full takeover is because up until April this year, if Sullivan sold the club, then he would have to pay the government back a certain percentage of the profit because of the deal with the stadium. That deal is now expired. So the fans are literally, we're, we're imminently waiting for. A takeover, a takeover bid from Kotinski. He's bought twenty seven percent of the club. We expect him to buy more. There is a, there is talk that he is having more influence on um, decisions within the club as well. So we're getting close to a takeover, and that takeover we're led to believe will involve uh, something to do with a full buy of the st- a buyout of the stadium as well. Is it, are the and fans then, you know, satisfied with the? Sorry to interrupt you. Again. Are, the, are the fans satisfied with the stadium now? I mean, I have to say, I I, I know it's not really conducive to to football but i love it i love it as a stadium you know yeah it's a brilliant stadium but I, i'm always bemused by that bit when we sit in the away end and you've got all those, yeah. that kind of area where that's obviously the seating that should be shifted you know and you think there should be some fans there come on then it would the stadium yeah. would be a football stadium you, know? you feel like you're walking out onto a stage which is really yeah. strange it's <laughs> right. going for a what the, yeah i'm expecting it, a spotlight to hit you or something it's, it is an odd stadium um it's it's good when it's full when it's loud 
Um, but, and the fans, I think we've got used to it. I think we've just come to terms with it. Like, we're not going back to Upton Park. Okay. That's now flats. So even if we wanted to, we couldn't. Um, we still feel aggrieved with the way the whole thing happened and the whole thing, we were, we were sold a, a, a dream that wasn't true. And um, The fans are, are okay with it now, but there are no, I know of a lot of fans that still haven't been. They, they just refuse to go or they've only been once and will never go back until it feels more like West Ham. And over the years, it has become more and more Feel, feel a little bit more like home but that's natural when you move into a new stadium the issue is is that you know when you're walking in there that it's not a purpose-built football stadium it's it's an athletic stadium or well, now it's a multi-purpose stadium i mean in the summer yeah. they had monster trucks they had baseball they had concerts they had everything going on in the summer um so yeah we're okay with it but Ideally, with if the takeover does happen, it does involve a buyer of the stadium as well. You know, the fans are going. You've got to knock it down and rebuild, haven't you? Or at least sell it and then rebuild a rebuild. Yeah, but the if, if you own else. it, then you can do that. And we can do that, yeah, yeah. And the government are hemorrhaging money, so they can't wait to get rid of it. I think they're losing like thirty million quid a year on the thing. So they can't wait to get rid of it. Fascinating. I, I yeah. can see that happening. Great, great insight, James. Thank you for that. Um, Turning to uh, Sunday, obviously, uh, I'm delighted to tell you that Moyes' record against Chelsea is dreadful. Uh, this is not just at West Ham, I hasten to add. He's won seven, drawn 13 and lost 26. Uh, however, West Ham have got a pretty decent record uh, against uh, us at the London Stadium. Won four, drawn two, lost two. I'm always joking uh, with your, your partner in crime, Will, about that, that you always turn into... Brazil circa 1970. Always. Yeah, always. Guaranteed. Bowen, Bowen, Bowen in yeah. particular. Death, ta- I mean, death, 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 very good player. Death, Love him. death, tax, really death player. taxes and West Ham becoming Brazil 1970 whenever yes, they play Chelsea. Yes, every time. So, in fact, we were saying, the last time I was home, I was saying, Bowen will score a great goal. And he I did. Said, it's inevitable. Bap, goal. So look, James, what, why did why do West Ham turn into Brazil 1970 when they play Chelsea? Big Latin and Derby. Yeah. Big London derby, and do you find that we, we only tend to do that when when we're at home as well, in front of the home fans? I mean, okay, we've had some better results at Stamford Bridge over the last couple of years. Okay, we might have still lost, but they've been narrow defeats. Um, but at home, yeah, it's the same against Tottenham. Like we always turn up against Tottenham at home, and same with Chelsea and Arsenal, really. So that's the only explanation I've got is that it's it's a, it's a big London derby. Um, and the, there's no love lost between the two sets of fans, and and that rubs off onto the players, and it's a loud, it's a loud atmosphere, and, it, and that's what gets them up for it. Yeah, I mean, we've only we've only beaten you twice at, uh, at you, you know away uh, since 2017. So yeah, yeah, you know uh, how many losses have we had? One, two, three losses, and two draws. So, yeah, you know, it, it, we do seem to have a bit of a bogey there. Although, I mean, the last couple of times, I think we've done all right, haven't we? Uh, buh, 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 buh. We had the Suchek incident last year, didn't we, with him yeah. falling on the ball? One all, yeah. one all last year. And uh, and then three. Then we, we lost 3-2, didn't we, the year before that? We had that, that, was, that was the lucky Masuaku <laughs> cross-turn yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, def- he definitely meant it. He definitely yeah, meant right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and Mendy chopping Bowen down in the penalty area for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, start of his decline as a goalkeeper, unfortunately. Yes, indeed. Let's let's brush aside from that. Um, the other interesting thing I picked up is that in the five managerial meetings between uh, Moyes and Pochettino, 
they've produced fewer than two and a half total goals, averaging point no, uh, point eight per game, which may well inform my prediction later. But uh, it's not my turn. So, James, I need you to put a number on it. Well, actually, before you do that, what would be really lovely to hear from you is what you think is going to happen in West Ham's season, and then you can predict what will happen on Sunday. Well, for the season, um, I think I'm expecting just a real bog-standard, no-frills, mid-table league season. I think all eyes are on what we do in Europe again. The fans can't wait to go, go travel around Europe again. So I think it's going to be a mid-table, very, very bog-standard, between 8th and 12th probably, um, probably nearer the, the, the 11th or 12th area. And then a good cut run. You know, we'd be desperate to go 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 abroad again and have a good cut run in Europe. But um, that's what I think it will be. Do you think Moyes will last the season? No. Wow. Okay. No. If you look at our run of fixtures now, I think it's Chelsea at the weekend. I think we've got Newcastle, Brighton, who we still haven't beaten since they got promoted to the Premier League. Um, and I think we've got Arsenal coming up as well. You know, he could be gone by the end of September, mid October. Is- given that we didn't beat Brighton on the first weekend of the season. So technically, you'd like, without disrespecting Brighton, uh, sorry, Bournemouth, we probably already dropped two points. So, you know, we could go into we could go into September, uh, the back end of the international break, near in October with one point on the board. Uh, he doesn't last. He's, only, he's into his final year of his contract. Um, it, sounds, so it sounds insane. It sounds insane. This guy won you your first trophy in what, 40 years? 47 years, yeah. 47 years, fucking hell. And you're going to get rid of him. I, I find that mental. So what's going to happen on Sunday, James? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a draw. I think I think it's going to be tight. Like you said, uh, we we do turn up. We do tend to turn up when Chelsea come to town. So uh, I think it'll be a draw. We've got a couple of new signings coming in. Alvarez and James Will Prowse are fit. That'll excite the team. That'll sort of get, add a little bit of freshness to our midfield. Uh, and I still feel like at Chelsea, and I don't know whether you guys agree with me, for all the players you've brought in and the the, the, the sheer turnover of players, um, still not quite clicked. I know there was a good performance against Liverpool, but still might take a few more games to really click and hit full pace. I, I, I think Chelsea will do really well this year. Um, so I think the, the, the quality of the, the signings are, are, are good. Um but it's going to take time to really click, and with the first away game, I think there might be it might be a good opportunity for West Ham to try and nick a point. Um, I don't think we're good enough um, to to get three points, but I'll take the, I'll take a one all draw. It'll be scored by Emerson. Oh fuck! Scored by that, Emerson, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I like that. He scored against you last year as well, didn't he? Yeah. His first goal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Emerson or Bowen again, screamer. Is will Zuma be playing? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it looks like he might be our captain this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Will was saying that. Yeah, blind. Um, but yeah, has he, has he made peace with cats? Um, well, I'd, I'd like to think. I'd like to think so. Um, we've we've not heard any more reports of. He's going to get abuse. So, on, he's going to get abuse. He gets on abuse Sunday, every mate. game, and he kind of just bashes it off. He, he's been he's been a really good signing for us. He's been a really. I, good I, li- I liked him when he was at Chelsea. There's there's a, the, my favourite memory of Kurt Zuma. Was when Matic spanked that. Uh, it was against Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the cup semi final. Cup semi final, and uh, and and Zuma's just went mental. It was just uh, I love yeah, him, love yeah. him for I that able, alone. I was, I was able to capture a still of that and put it next to an image of the scream by Munch, and it's exactly the same. The shape <laughs> of the face goes. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So there you go, uh, James. You've been nothing short of brilliant 
tonight. I mean, you, you've gave, given us some real insights to what's going on at West Ham. Um, I wish you, I wish you huge luck this season, but obviously not on Sunday when I when I hope we beat you thoroughly. I, are you going? I presume you are. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be having. I've not been, I've not been having since April. I missed wow. a lot of our, our final home games of the season, including in the Conference League. So I'm, I can't wait to get over there again. Excellent. Well, I shall be there. Unusually, I don't normally get to the West Ham match, but I'm going this year, and I'm taking my nephew for his first away game. How about that? I mean, it'd be a good first game for him. He'd probably see three points for you boys. Well, he, he, I know I said draw, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to love it. Anyway, mate, uh, good luck, and uh, we'll either speak to you or will later on in the season when we meet again. Yes, always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, really lovely stuff. That. Well done, James. Great stuff. Yeah. There Thank you go. Guys. The superb James Jones from We Are West Ham uh, with a brilliant opposition view. Uh, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll be back for our preview of the game. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge. An incredibly happy and positive Stanford Chidge. Looking forward to the season. And, uh, I'm going to be at the Hammers on Sunday. I know. I know. We'll talk about that in a minute. I've got a couple of plugs, pluggeroonies to do first. But before that, uh, we have just heard from the legend that is Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the, I'd say, equally legendary uh, Martin Wickham. Yeah, good to be here. And sceptical of the owners. Nah, mate. I, I love the I'll, club. I'll, 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 always, I'll always question. Absolutely. That, I love the club, mate. Me. I love the club. And uh, that is all that matters. Uh, there's that, was that, was it, it was Zola's wonderful um, quote, wasn't it? That uh, basically yeah. we're the only ones that are here forever. Yeah. Owners come and go, players come and go, managers come and go, but we're the only ones. So it's all about that, really. But. Uh, no, I, I mean actually on a on a on a on a more serious rather than piss taking point, um, I think we are actually all quite positive at the moment. But I'm going to get into that in a minute because we need to do these plugs first. Right, first of all, the ye olde CFC UK, about as proper Chelsea as you can get. This lovely fanzine, and uh, and I'm not just saying that because I write for it because there are lots of friends of ours, people who are on this very show, in fact, who also write for it, and they all write far better than what I does. Uh, anyway, if you want to have a copy, uh, A, you need to go to a home or away match. If you're going home, then it's the stall is opposite Fulham Broadway. But do not fret. You can actually still get a copy by subscribing to it, which means you can get a, a proper hard copy, as it were. Uh, you can also get a digital one. But if you want a copy, email fanzine at cfcuk.net uh, and then ask to subscribe. If you want to do that, you pay £20 if you're in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 if you're in the rest of the world. Uh, as I said, you can get a digital copy as uh, either a hard copy or a digital copy. Digital copies are six quid for a season subscription or one pound each, and you can pay via PayPal. Uh, I commend you so to do. Uh, and I would also highly recommend, if you love this club, if you love Chelsea, uh, then uh, you really need to get yourself a Chelsea pitch owner's share. We are the only club, certainly in this country, that has anything like this, because what it does is it gives all the shareholders, which it, which are normally always supporters, um, quite a lot of power over whoever owns the club. So if they're being dickheads, then you have a bit of leverage because basically it means that we collectively share the freehold of the stadium and also we own the name. So if anybody decides to just flog it to a property developer, for example, you may think that I'm talking out of my rear end. This has happened before. 
you know, in the 80s and the early 90s. This was a very real threat, which is why the best thing that Ken Bates ever did was to set up this scheme which protects the future of the club. So there you go. It's money well spent. Uh, shares are about 110 quid for an electronic share, up to about 175 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. So there you go. Uh, all you have to do, go to the website, chelseafc.com, and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Right, enough of my waffle. Time to talk about the, uh, the, uh, the match on Sunday, which, of course, is West Ham. Uh, away. I'm delighted, as I was saying, Martin and Jonathan, that I'm taking my nephew along for his first away game. Um, I, I've not actually been to the, the London Stadium before, so it's my first time there, would you believe? Ooh! Ooh. So I didn't even make the Olympics, so, uh, you know, never been there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. But What event did you try and qualify for? <laughs> I, do you know what? I thought it was going to be absolute shit and rubbish, so I just didn't bother replying for anything. And then I sat there yeah. and watched it on TV, living in Pimlico at the time, thinking, we fucked up here, didn't we, Mrs. Chidge? And she said, yes, we did. This is rather yeah. good. We wish yeah. we had gone. We should call you Mr. Chidge. She does. Now, the, the company I worked for at the time sponsored Greg Rutherford, the guy who won the long jump. And after the event, I went to Olympic events that weren't at the Olympic Stadium, but he came into the office with said gold medal, and I can confirm those fucking things weigh a ton. So every time you see those, you know, little gymnasts about 15 years, and they've, like, won multiple medals, and they've got to pose wearing, like, five of the bloody things around their neck, just think about how much damage it's doing, because they are... They're not plastic, put it that way. They are the real deal. Well, how about that? How about that? Now, um... We was, we, I'm going to do my team selection in a minute, but just following well, on can from... We, can we, can we, good, I Yeah, that. no, well, just to wait patiently, because I think we were we were getting into something during the break, and, and that is actually how, how, how positive or not we may be. And, uh, you know, I, for the record, I'm, I'm actually feeling really quite positive about this season. I think, I think the ownership are doing some really good things. They might be going about it a rather strange way. And I, I'm going to keep referring to this to the day I die, probably because I came up with it, so that's why I'm kind of enamoured of it. But I wrote this very, very long list in about April of everybody who I said should either should be sold or, or got rid of uh, and, and those that should be kept. And broadly speaking, they, they've kind of done the best they can to, to, to do that. I mean, obviously, I didn't want Mount to go. I didn't want Kante to go. but And I wanted Sterling and Corella to go. But broadly speaking, they've done a good job there. Um, and they're clearly... You know they're laying down a marker. They're in. I mean, in in some ways, it's very redolent of of what Roman did in two thousand and three four, isn't it? Really, where he he just decided he wanted to completely change everything, and just every week we were getting this new signing. What's different, of course, is that this time they're doing it slightly differently because they're buying a lot of younger, untried players. Um, but I, you know, I'm broadly in agreement with that. Um, I have got a bit of a hump about their selling the youth, but that's because I, you know, like a lot of Chelsea supporters, I. I like to see them break through, even though it's a bit of a pipe dream because they never do. But, you know, when they do, it means so much more. The relationship we had with the likes of Tamori, uh, Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, uh, you know, while they were breaking through was just what it's all about. But then I'm 58 and I remember the days when we had an entire team filled with Chelsea youth players because we were so fucked that we had no choice. So, you know, it's all it's it's personal, isn't it, really? But I think generally I'm feeling quite positive and I love Poch Martin. I think I think he's going to do a good job. So basically I'm I'm in the positive camp. Yeah, I'm broadly positive of what I've seen thus far on the pitch. I just think, think the levels of fitness alone are probably worth a good 15 to 18 points more on last season even if the playing staff don't all mature at the same time. I maintain a healthy scepticism about the motives and operations of the owners. Yeah, and 
they are they're putting their considerable money where their considerable mouth is but there is the risk it blows up and then then there are a few crunch calls to be made financially which i think might explain might account for lewis hall being alone with the fee next year probably another accounting trip that'll have the fa blowing steam out of their ear but ears but who knows yeah i i don't always agree with what they've done and how they've done it i mean I think the program is now 30 pages less than 50p more. So they are going to screw you for a penny, a penny and a pound at every opportunity they get. And they still haven't fucked Singer out of it. Every contract they've cancelled thus far. Get rid of Singer. Fuck's sake. Mate, on the program thing, that's a good point. But I would retort with this. Yes, it seems like a shitty thing to do. But then again, we're in 2023, and I know for a fact the, uh, the the readership slash buyership of the program has gone down and down and down in recent years because, of course, everybody seems to be accessing things digital, digitally now, even if I do say it myself. And they are focusing on the app. So I don't think that's as insidious as it might sound. I think that could just be a sign of the times. JK? I think there's less advertising in the program as well. Mm. I don't know. because sponsor, mate. Mate, I haven't bought a program since uh napoli at home in 2012 so you know uh you've not, you... you've not done the tim rolls thing where he boycotted it after they gave tim lovejoy a column <laughs> <laughs> no no i didn't do that i did it because it's like a, a kind of a high fidelity moment it, it was like bad luck if i bought one so i stopped to, to follow up what you're saying I, I i it for me it's a journey of adventure and it's a it's a journey of high risk adventure yes because they need to be excellent to avoid. They need to win things to, to make all the books balance. But I think it's, uh, I think it's great. I think the, the 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 possibility of Pochettino making this team gel into a team to rival City is is absolutely is, as he says nonstop today exciting. I think it's a really, it's a, a daring venture, and I'm absolutely behind it and. And yet we could come completely unstuck if um, I think the various players have said that they found the difference between the the speed of the pre-season against the Premier League clubs and the actual game against Liverpool just enormous. And that's the case. Everybody goes up a notch. It's a proper game. And yet um, uh, I'm 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 waiting, you know, I'm I'm sucking it and seeing I'm waiting to see what happens. But uh, but. All they need to do is to, as you said, uh, Martin, they just they, they've gone up so much in, in a fitness point of view. The percentage is enormous for them to it'll be a, at least 18 points. The skill level has gone up and I think that's another 10 points. All they need to do is get the ball in the back of the net. One of the problems is with the purchases they've got. You're not telling me that Caicedo is a goal, goal scorer. You're not telling me Fernandez is a goal scorer. And uh, Lavia, I don't think, is a great goal scorer. He scored, so, one, he scored one goal for Southampton, and you get yeah. one guess as to who it was against. Yeah, us, of course. But <laughs> um, but so but uh, you know, I I'm, I don't think that's essential. If you're making goals, it can be Chilwell, who's just you know out and out winger. It can be whoever is the right. It can be um, Jackson will put the ball in the net, and it, when Nkunku comes back, so will he. So um, I I just think it's it's a joyous time once again to be a Chelsea fan. It's a it's an intriguing club that we're supporters of. I think this is an intriguing time to be a Chelsea yeah. fan because the potential is absolutely enormous. I, I absolutely echo that. And I mean, the one the one 
on-pitch concern that I have is is exactly as you said. Where who's going to score the goals? And I think there's still a a mahusive hole in that department, and arguably in goalkeeper too. That hasn't yeah. been addressed. But, but he actually mentioned that today in, yeah. the, in the press conference. He said, yeah, we're still... He was a bit cagey because somebody asked him whether um, Sanchez was the number one. And he said, oh, we're looking for someone we... That was slightly better, actually. But I got the tone better then. But, you know, but that's still not very good. Don't but, worry. Yeah. You can work on it. Um, I'm going to work I'm going to work on it. Do, 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 right. My team selection is in. Ah, I've oh, just, it's oh, just oh, been handed oh, to me oh, by oh, my, my assistant, oh, yeah. JK. Um, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, your assistant, very little assistant. That's isn't right. It? That's right. Yeah, on, on, on her knees beside you. Mi- Mr. Mr. Guinness. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going into this. I'm going into this on the basis that he, he kind of started 3 4 2 1 last week. We all know it changed all the time. I think I think systems are so, so last year. I mean, basically, they all seem to be so fluid these days, and it changes every fucking minute. And when they're not in position, but anyway, let's just go with what he kind of went started, which was just three, four, two, one. Uh, in which case, Sanchez is in goal. Um, and I think the other reason why three, I think it might be a silver issue. It often was, and I think he's got some very good centre backs who can play this. So I think maybe he might be doing that as well. And of course, he's got. T- two very good wing backs in James and Chilwell, which is also possibly what dictated Gusto it. Gusto so, and Chilwell. Well I know I know it will be Gusto this week, but I think that's possibly why he decided to play wing backs and three at the back, because it's kind of what we're good at. So therefore Sanchez and goal, Colwell Silver Dizazi. Uh and then uh we'll have Chilwell, Fernandez. Um I'll be amazed if Caicedo doesn't start. I really will, because I mean all that hype and everything. Uh, Mucho Gusto has to start because James is injured. So that's your four in the midfield, effectively. Uh, this is where it gets controversial uh, for several reasons. Um, I, I personally would select Sterling uh, as the left of the two and Gallagher as the right of the two rather than Chukwameka. Um because I think that, well, Sterling, I think he's just going to pick because I think he thought Sterling did quite well last weekend, although interestingly played more on the right and linked up with James, so who knows. But um, Sterling, I think he'll pick. I would pick Gallagher. He'll probably pick Chukwameka, I would imagine. Um, and then Jackson up front, of course. I mean, the other alternatives here is if, if, if what, what happens if we, if we you know, go 4-2-3-1, uh, which makes things very interesting, in which case, you know, you may well find Chukwameka coming in at the expense of uh, of uh, of Gusto, for example, because I think I think Colwell can play left back, Dizazi can play right back, so he might tinker with that. Um, I think one thing I do know is that he will play a pretty high line because he likes to do that away. But we shall see. Um, I I wouldn't have Sterling. I, I I like Mudrich. I have to be honest. I think he he he, he scares the shit out of defences. He makes things happen, doesn't he? I know. He? Oh my goodness. And Sterling me. doesn't. Oh well, Sterling. Uh, Sterling had a decent first half because he linked up very well with Reese um, for those one twos. He played for Reese to play those fantastic little passes into the penalty area that he's so good at because it just it wrong foots all the defence. But apart from that, he then faded in the second half, started passing the ball backwards again, which they were they will have noticed that his energy levels just disappeared. But um, somebody wrote an article and what was it um, put it on. Um, was was it? I you, put you, it on the group, didn't I? From the, athletic. Put it on the group, yeah. And I I felt that was that was that was nitpicking. I thought he was just in decent positions, all right. But I think anybody could have played that. I, I don't think it was specifically down to his excellence. I think he got in a good place to play some decent one twos with 
with James, but he's not the finished article to me at all. I finished the wrong word. Sorry, he is. He's because he's one of the older players, isn't he? But he's to me, I wouldn't play him at all. Um, if you do play four at the back, Chidge, and I presume that Chilwell wouldn't figure because you'd play Gusto, Colwell, Silver and, and Dizazi. Does that mean Chilwell, who essentially played left wing in the game the other day, because um, he wasn't he didn't come back and defend very often. Um, does he then get picked? If you play four at the back, I mean, in or... in, a, in a sense, if you decide not to play with wing backs, then you have a yeah. case case for not starting Chilwell. I mean, yeah. given he was one of our best players last week, well, I think I'd be rather stupid. I'm just trying to work out. Yeah, I just don't but know there would you... be there would be sense to that, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah. You know, because he is nominally captain with James injured. Oh well, there we go. So uh, I think he's starting. But I mean, yeah, you, there is a yeah. case. There is a case to look at uh, at James and Chilwell specifically at wing backs in a three at the back system. And then if you're not playing wing backs, then you can just say, well, we'll go more traditional with with you know two central defenders. Two, is Gusto any good at playing the the wing back? We, we don't, don't know. know. He didn't play that before. He'll, he'll have practiced it, obviously. And who is the person who misses out? If I mean, I don't think Casido's going to start. I think he'll play him on them. I think what he said at the press conference, he was a bit. I mean, he could have been pretending, couldn't he? he could because perhaps his idea is to play him, but. Um, uh, Lavia and Casido should be on the bench at least. Will Gallica then start? Yeah, but if Casido and Chukwemeka, it'll, yeah. it'll be the same starting lineup as last week minus James, yes, possibly. But they've now got an abundance of of players, haven't they? You just think with these two new purchases, where on earth who's going to play where? I'm just utterly. Um, I mean, I'm so pleased because I think they're going to be great. But blimey, and does Gallica get pushed out? Because um, Gallica was fantastic. Last he was, week. but I still think Gallagher. Is a better player further up the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he played out of position, but played very well. But he did those last that that saving tackle he did on yeah. um, was it Salah? Uh, the crowd went berserk with joy at that because that was just a great moment. Running back and getting the ball was brilliant. But you know, there is that theory that um, he's now surplus to requirements, isn't there? Because he's a he's homegrown and it's pure profit. He's but a profitable I, asset. He got so hugged by Poch, you almost thought there was something going on between them. The way he hugged him, it was uh, it was fantastic because he, he really played so well. So it, it's uh, I, I think we're going to have more and more difficulty in selecting the side, you know, as the season goes on. Because well, okay, some, we should, should we make should we make a should we make a uh, a management decision here in in literally and metaphorically that. We need because we we came a bit of a cropper last season because we got confused as to who whether who who you know was I picking the team that I thought Potter would pick or was I picking the team that Chidge was picking? I think your team Chidge was better than the team Potter was picking. That wouldn't be hard. A blind yeah. man who'd never seen football would have picked a better team than Potter. Absolutely. But and and Frank and Frank well and, Frank yeah, was, similar, similar problem. Frank was stuff, wouldn't he? But anyway, look. So should we make an executive decision here? Should it be should it be Chidge's team or Potch's team? Can we do both? Well, we could do. Yeah, I don't see why not. All right, done, done. Okay, I will Mate, go what forward. Might be the difference. What, what happens if you choose? Well, then, go then we then like we only have one graphic, and I say that's I agree with Poch, or he agrees with me. But now, from going forward, from now on, I will I will pick two teams, mine and what I think Poch will pick. Do I get a team? You, yeah, mate. We can all play if you want to. Well, we I can, think can get a team as yeah, well. Yeah, we can we can yeah. do it. You you have to get the app that I've got. One prediction game's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, you're rather good at it, though, Martin. So, anyway, anywho, uh, so we we there's a feeling, Martin, that 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 Caicedo and Lavia will not start. I wouldn't have thought 
Lavia would start at all, considering he's only just got in the no, door exactly. yet this morning. Well, Caicedo's not had much of a pre-season because he's been sat there trying to get away from Brighton. So he's he not... was in, he was involved in summer Brighton. Yeah, he wasn't, wasn't he wasn't he? playing. I thought he was. Well, yeah, but he didn't. He, sure. didn't he, he missed a few of their pre-seasons, and he and he, yeah. he didn't play against us, for example. Yeah, and, and he didn't play last week because he was still sulking. Okay, well, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he it shouldn't take him too long to get up to speed. I don't think it, he didn't go on strike. Um, so he did did report back and um, it was involved. So I don't think it will be a case of you know, taking ages to get him fully fit. I just think the pressure on him is going to change because he's gone from being a player who was signed for buttons to Brighton and exceeded all expectations. He is now Britain's highest transfer and that comes with a completely different weight of pressure. So how he responds to that and is going to be key. Hopefully, obviously, hopefully he does brilliantly and he handles it in his stride and starts wonderfully but you know if he is to make his first appearance at Chelsea I think a game against Luton Town next Friday no no offence to Luton of course maybe a bit more of a, a gentle introduction than West Ham away when you know they're always up for it and um, they'll be despite, you know, James and a little bit downbeat early, you know, they'll parade that trophy, Europa Conference League trophy and will feel positive. So if of the two, he would be the more likely to play on Sunday for certain, whether he starts or from the bench, I don't know. And I agree with you on Mudrick instead of Sterling, but I think even, even with the, even with the less games that we're going to be playing this year, I think we're going to see a little bit of, juggling certainly in the early weeks of the season because there's a few little bits of refinement that are needed maybe maybe potch has got a a, a plan for sterling which is i mean you know oh, well, hopefully I, it's similar to the plan that pep game stand there get in position and when the ball breaks go for it and go for goal well that's that, when he was at his most effective i agree with that but i i'm, I'm wondering if uh I st- I still think that we're we're criminally lightweight in terms of a an, a creative attacking midfielder for want of a better word or a number 10 in old money. Okay, we don't have anybody who seems to be able to link play in the last third of the pitch and, and put that last ball through for somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's supposed to be Fernandez now. Well, we yeah, possibly. We don't know yet. I mean, I I, I don't see I think he sees himself as a number 8, not a number 10, for example. But when Sterling came to us, it was clear that they thought what they'd done was 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 bought a winger who could attack people with the ball, run at them, dribble, and then bosh a goal in. He he was so clearly not that player. You know, he got knocked off the ball, he got tackled, he ran into dead alleys, he just fell over. He never ever looked capable of doing that. He looked he looked less capable of doing that than, he, than even Hudson and Doy. So either we got the 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 right player and played him in the wrong position in the wrong way, or what? Um, I wonder if maybe the Poch is looking at him and saying, well, he is somebody who can play high up the pitch and link it together, bring people in because he's actually got good technique. I mean, he's he, he's a good football player. Um, so maybe maybe and he's experienced. So maybe he can take up positions in the hole play people in and, and, and add to the creativity by doing that, but not expected to be an out-and-out winger who will run at people and bosh a goal in. And Maybe that's what sta- Mudrick is for. He's got status as well because yeah. of his experience. You can see when he says something, people start listening to him when he comes around when they have those tea breaks, water breaks, or an injury break, which appear to be the norm now. 
in most football, somebody gets injured, everybody co congregates around the manager. And he's he's always there with, you know, saying stuff. So perhaps he's respected. Perhaps he has a role to play there. And perhaps Poch makes him into something more. But at the moment, I still find him, there are better players. There are players to make things happen much more in the side who aren't getting a chance than he is. Because mm. um, Billy Wiz is an example. Mudrick's an example. And I think Madweke is is player for the future you know i think he's a r real talent but and ultimately and kunku really is is that, well. that player isn't he really yeah yeah what do you think martin yeah i think i just think there's going to be a lot of experimentation going on for the next few weeks and i could see that team changing every week for the next few weeks until he you know perfects and perfects it and alights on something that can work week and week i've also got two weeks of the bloody transfer window still to go so who knows what could come in or go out between now and then yeah very very true it's always a tricky time of the season for that um all right uh i you know when i said chelsea's uh oh actually no this is chelsea's away form uh generally which is of course it takes account of last season so it's truly shocking one clean sheet across uh chelsea's previous 13 away uh matches one two drew drew three lost eight I think I th I mean I have to be honest here and say surely we have to consign that to the dustbin. It's an almost an entirely different team in some respects. Uh Poch's record against West Ham is pretty good. 1-6 draw 4 lost 5 and that's when managing Spurs and Southampton so you know one has to consider that. Um as I said earlier on West Ham have got a pretty pretty decent record against us at the London Stadium having won 4 drawn 2 drawn 2 and lost 2. Um I mean here's the question we asked this of uh uh, of James, didn't we, J.K.? And I mean, we kind of agreed. So it might it might be stupid me asking this again, but why why do you think we have a relatively poor record away at West Ham? Because they they raise their game completely. They don't play. That always used to be the case when, um, uh, in the past, whenever we played London derbies, it, it was even against, particularly against Fulham. Fulham would always raise their game. All clubs would get raise their game against, particularly against Chelsea, because of our success. But in this instance, it's um, th there's always been this this huge rivalry between the two, which verges between the supporters on on immense violence. You know, I've been chased around Upton Park on several occasions just by um, walking in the the uh, the Chelsea end, nothing to do, or coming out of the Chelsea end rather than wearing any colours. Uh, um, in fact, my mate Eddie, poor man, was um, uh, had to find a policeman to hide behind because this bloke would not leave him alone. When was this? Telling him Chelsea scum this is about ten years ago. Yeah. Just um, he rather leisurely waited a little bit to get out. So don't worry, we'll be safe now. Got out and this bloke went Chelsea scum. Ran after, ran after him, picked him, which was very unfair. Um, I think he was wearing a faded Chelsea hat to be, which he shouldn't have done. Never wear your colours that that, that uh, against the Hammers. But um, uh, no, they just they raise their game every single time. You know it. You know that they'll come out of this, uh, regardless, of, even if we're two goals up, because we were the 3-2, if you remember, we would, Mount scored a great goal and we were 2-1 up, looked all over them. We made a ridiculous mistake. There'll be a refereeing decision that goes wrong. There'll be a... There always seems to be something that happens in the game that um, that changes the result or gives them some kind of... of I don't know, energy. Because last year we were all over them. If you remember the first 20 minutes, scored a terrific goal. And um, and then they scored, Emerson scored that far post, just it was a lob over and everybody missed it. You just thought, this is just a weird goal to have conceded. But mighty, but as you say, Chidge, last year was 
was an aberration last year, something that should never be referred to, because I don't think we're going to see it like again. But they do raise their game. You look at it overall, JK and, and Martin. Um, I mean, overall, uh, I think uh, in history, uh, Chelsea have won. This is home and away, by the way. 54 games we've won, 23 we've drawn. For 43, we've lost. And uh, actually, that's kind of reflected overall in the Premier League away. We've won 12, drew 5, lost 10. So um, I think considering where West Ham are, you know, and have always been in the Premier League, considering where we have been for most of the Premier League, that tells me that even though we're away, um, that's a pretty good return for West Ham, that they've won 10 of those uh, 27 games. So, you know, it's quite interesting. Um, anyway, that aside, how the feck is it going to go, Martin? What, what are you expecting? I mean, it's so hard, I think, at this time of the season. Yeah, I agree. And I think that a large contributory factor to how entertaining it was last Sunday was just how wide open both teams were. I mean, we got a lot of joy through the middle because, and chances because, you know, Liverpool want to you know play a certain way and quite front foot quite attacking i suspect and this is doing no disservice to them that west ham will be a bit more circumspect they don't have rice anymore so that's you know a midfield buccaneer gone i don't know whether i don't know that the rights or wrongs of edson alvarez i'm sure i'm sure he'll do okay we were linked with him a few years back um so yeah i I think West Ham will pose a different challenge for this, this new team to solve because it will be a much lower block and it's how we get through that to create chances and then crucially convert them because I'd imagine um, West Ham will be quite stingy in that respect. I mean, they're a lot more physical, so we shall see. I'm certainly looking forward to it a lot more than I was last season, but like you said, I think at some point we have to, you know, Dig, dig a hole somewhere in the back garden and just bury every recollection of that season. You know, if we ever get to the 50 years of Chelsea for, for last season, we just do a, a blank show or something. And let's just never speak of it again. Well, the rate we're going, Jonathan and I will be in our 80s by the time we get round to that. But uh, <laughs> uh, somebody actually asked that, didn't they, uh, last week in an email. And, and I, w- I have plans to do a few. We've got some international breaks coming up. So... Uh, I'm going to try and do a few uh, when they're on. All right, promise scouts on it. It takes it's a lot of work. It is. I have to do a lot of work to get them all through. But I, I, they're really good, and people are a bit upset we haven't done any for a while. So I need to need to you know be good and do some. J.K., how, how do you see it going on Sunday? Um, it, I, I think it'll echo exactly what Martin said. Really, it it, it there'll be a very different. Um, um, proposition just because they'll set up completely differently though it was a very open game as was the weirdly the Liverpool game last year I think which we, we obviously drew 1-1 as well um because both sides attacked and we're not going to get that with the hammers they'll uh, they'll be more tentative and try and break a bit more and boot the ball down the pitch and run after it um but um uh it could be another draw which case I think it'll be 2-2 um or I, I, I actually think we just might surprise everybody and win it Win it three one, just because we're we're we've got some very good players now. I'd be intrigued to see what, what the pace that we play and the skill that we play. I think it'll set up some some chances that they won't be able to deal with. So I actually think we're going to win. All right. So you're you're sticking with three one. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, Martin, what are you having? 
I am going. I'm going for a repeat of last weekend. I think it will be a one-all draw, but there will be enough. Hopefully, there will be enough encouraging points in the performance that um, we move forward into games that are winnable from then on. I always thought the first two games when they came out, I was like, oh god, this could this yeah. could be tricky. And from then on, we've got more than winnable games. I'd say for the next month, and you know, with winning and playing well, comfort will come confidence. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, not well. I mean, I shall talk about this in a minute, but uh, one has to respect Martin's superior predictive skills here. But I'm, I, I had actually, I can tell you, hand on heart, Martin, I had already predicted one-one in the Prem predictions league before we went to air tonight. So, I, I think, I think. It's early in the season. They're bedding in a bit still. Uh, and I think that that needs to be taken into account. Um, it's a hard place to go. I mean, I want to smash the shit out of them, clearly. And I'd much rather predict what JK has, particularly as I'll be there. I mean, nephew will be there. But I have a suspicion that it, it, it'll be quite cagey and 1-1 one, one may well be the outcome. And that's what I'm predicting. Uh, now, I mentioned uh, I mentioned the Prem Predictions League, didn't I? We've had our first round of results uh, I mentioned this on Monday, but I'm going to mention it again. Shane Simmons is uh, our leader. He is uh, numero uno, 276 points. Charles Rose, Jonathan Sharp is third. Well done, Jonathan, from Chicago. He's on uh, 246. Uh, but a few of the fancasters, uh, Martin, surprise, surprise, is top of the pile for the fancasters. He has got 189 points. Uh Marco Worrell, uh, no surprise there either, 175. Massive surprise, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, 31st, with 172 points. Bloody hell. And I'm I'm down in 30, equal 36 at the moment uh, on 165. It's great fun. If you do play the game with us, then uh, then uh, make sure you've got your... Well, you, you've, you've missed a game already if you haven't got your predictions in so far because there's been one going on while we've been on air. But do join in. I, I'll give you details on monday about how you can play this it's, it's not too late to join you just you'll just be about 200 and 300 points behind so by the end of the weekend probably 600 but hey you can still win he lied uh anyway enough of all that waffle um we'll be back on monday of course for the main chelsea fancast show with me and jk and mark me and jk the, the brain of Stamford Bridge. I know. It'll be, be lovely to see Mark, as always. Uh, half past seven, we kick off. And, of course, we'll be looking back at the match against West Ham. Uh, quick shout-out for Patreon. Quick shout-out for those who, of you who have just joined. Thank you very, very much. JK. And a big shout-out to the women playing in the World Cup final. Well, indeed. I sh- I'm now going to be confined to listening to that on the wireless in uh, in the car on the way up to London. I've got to pick my nephew up and meet the people in the pub so i'll probably be listening to it on the radio so yeah good luck the girls well particularly millie bright of course proper chels uh proper chels patreon very quickly um thank you very much if you want to donate a bit of money to us every month because you like what we do we love you we love everybody anyway so even if you don't we still love you but uh, uh it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast uh if you do that you will uh, be entitled to a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And, of course, you can join our wonderful Discord group, which, as I say every week, is very much like Mixler 24-7, populated by jolly, lovely people, opinionated, uh, humorous, uh, sometimes a bit, uh, you know, out of control. But uh, basically, there's a lot of love in the house, which is how it should be. Um, email night is on Monday, of course. So if you want your emails in, we've had a few this week already. So that looks that bodes well for Monday. Uh, send your emails in, Patreon messages, Instagram posts, tweets, or whatever. If you want to read them out, then uh, if you want me to read them out, even then uh, 
you can do that by Sunday. That would be helpful. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. All good follow. Well, I'm not. I'm rather boring on Twitter these days, or X as we should call it. Uh, Jonathan and Martin are very good follows. Uh, and it's lovely to see you again, Martin. First of the season. Uh, you're going to be there on Sunday? Uh, yeah, cutting it a bit fine uh, due to work. So I'm, you know, no, no mer- time for a beer beforehand then? No, nah, afraid not. A bit of a poxy place to get a beer anyway. Oh, I know a good place. There. I know a good place, which I won't reveal yeah. on air, but we'll tell you yeah. on WhatsApp, should you? Yeah, no, no. I'll be... I'll be paddling well i won't be paddling at all actually i'll just probably be on soft drinks of that day unfortunately but hopefully i'll see you there yeah yeah me too i look forward to that jk um you're obviously going too yes you you, you going on your own or is uh georgia going with you no she's uh she's away in Crete in um in corfu on holiday mm, lovely well hopefully so, uh... I'll be there. Let's hope we meet up. Let's try and meet up. Yeah, yeah. I'll ping you a message. It'd be nice. To, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, my nephew's there. I'm so excited to take him. And thank you for, thank you to John Gordon for uh, sorting that out. That's really sweet of you. And actually, also, uh, thank you to, I think it's Dave, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Dave. It's kinder or kinder. But either way, it's very kinder of you to have sorted me out for a ticket. And I really appreciate that. And uh, next time I see you, uh, hopefully at the bridge, I will ply you with beer to thank you profusely for allowing me to go. I'm really looking forward to it, as I hope you lot are as well. Thank you for listening. See you all on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.